WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. And welcome to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Sunday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to our program. Also, I'd like to thank you for all your wonderful questions and comments and encouragements that you send in. Uh, any of you that may not know, our new email is Sunday morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. That's Sunday morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. So keep those questions and those encouragements coming in. They're truly, truly appreciated. I think you'll appreciate today's program and the title is Pull Yourself Together. Um, you know, we, we find ourselves in so many different directions and divided, uh, in our heads. We're completely divided because, uh, you know, we have needs that we feel we need, the world and the media and things around us and other people, relatives, friends, all telling you what you need while you're trying to make a decision for yourself. So it can be very complex and, and you can be pulled in many, many different directions. But I think there's a scripture that kinds of, uh, of sums it up for us that Jesus said in the Gospel of John in chapter 15, verse 7. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Think about that, what Jesus is saying. If you are living in his will, if your life is dedicated to serving Christ and serving the will of God, then your will is going to be the same thing if you, if that's what you're doing. If you're having and have developed this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, your Savior, then the things that you're going to ask are going to be in line with what is beneficial to you and beneficial to those around you. Now, there's a lot of people around you that may disagree with that. And some may disagree because they want you to do something for their benefit that's not really good for them. You know, we've seen all those kinds of situations around us before. But I'll share with you that in in all of our experiences in the walk of faith and as believers, there we have to have this supposition of the atonement. We have to understand this atonement that Jesus has done for us. And we have to build in faith on the great work which God has performed through Christ. That's what we have to focus on. Remember, really give this some deep thought. We cannot save ourselves, right? We can't sanctify ourselves. We can't atone for our sins, let alone anybody else's. And we can't redeem the world. We can't make right what's wrong. We can't take something that's pure. We can't make it pure when it's impure. And we can't make holy what's unholy. All that work is the sovereign work of God. And he has done that. And God has made a perfect atonement. The question becomes, are we in the habit of actually realizing it? Are we? We have to be cautious never to put merit 
or our kind of works before God. We, we can never do that because our merits are flawed. That's what we have to be careful. We cannot let our character be the merit that we put before God uh, in place of faith. Remember, we must never put our character in place of faith. And we have a great danger of doing so. We, we, we do that so often. Uh, and so often it goes over into works. We, we say, well, don't look at this that I've done, but look at the works that I do. And so that can be, that can be very distracting and lead us down a path that is really not appropriate. Our character can never be used as a merit before God. We have to stand before God on the basis of his grace. It's a simple, it's maybe this is a more complicated way of saying, you know, no one is going to be saved by their works. We're, we're saved through faith, but not by our works. Uh, works get produced and works happen when we are in the will of God and when we're, when we're strong in our faith and we're moving forward in our walk. Um, works happen, yes, but they're not how uh, we attain grace. Grace came through atonement that was solely done by God. And so our character really, when it's appropriate, is the evidence that we're built on the right foundation. Ah, and that's, that is the truth of that matter. We need, uh, truly what we need is the perfect realization of the atonement of Jesus Christ in what he did. The need is not to do things. Again, here we're going kind of going back to works, but I'm making it more simple, I think. Uh, the need is not to do things, but to believe. And remember, that question was asked, what must I do to be saved? And the answer was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That, that is what is appropriate, and that is what God seeks us to do. And so we in our prayer and in, in our walk, those are the things that we need to do. We need to believe. And believing encompasses more than just the word on the lips. Your actions can also, not works, but your actions and how you behave, your character can Share And that leads to the fruits, which we've had many discussions about. And people can see your fruits. And it says, the scripture says, you will know them by their fruits. So I, I think it's very, under, very important and very, um, really, really important to continue in that way of believing and strengthening your belief and your faith. And so if we get into the habit of constantly realizing, constantly reminding ourselves as the way we do in breathing, we, we breathe and we breathe and we breathe. That's how we want our prayer life. That's how we want our faith, it, that it becomes something that is naturally happening with us all the time. That's, that is what we want. And so if, if we continue to act and think and work from the center of abiding in Christ, Boy, that reminds me of an Andrew Murray book, Abide in Me, 
<laughs> that is quite some book if you ever get the opportunity to read that. But again, if we continue to act and think and work from the center of abiding in Christ, then Jesus says all the other things will happen. If that's what is first, is that, if that's what is our priority, abiding in Jesus, abiding in Christ, believing in Christ, we shall bring forth fruit. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are we abiding in Jesus? Do we take the time to abide? Or are we doing that? Are we taking the time to actually uh, commit to what we're saying is in our heart. And so I would ask you, what is the dominating factor of power in and out of your life and my life? What's the dominating thing in there? Well, let's look at what we do. We work. Hopefully we, prov- we do service for people. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we sacrifice uh, for others. Now, the thing that ought to exert the greatest power in our lives, again, is the atonement. We keep going back to that. That's the driving force of what Jesus did on our behalf on that cross, that atonement that has been given to us freely. We don't pay for it. There's no cost to us. That's why we want to continue to share that with others. Share it freely, share it abundantly, overflowingly. Remember, the thing that ought to exert the greatest power in our lives is the atonement. So I ask again, do we give it one minute out of every 60 to make ourselves realize it? Or is it every second? Are we realizing it? We get into the habit of constantly, this is what we need to do, we need to get into the habit of constantly realizing the atonement and of centralizing everything about the atonement to the center of our life. To concentrate causes conscious effort to begin with. So concentrating, concentrating takes effort. Right? It takes will. And where do we get that will from? Because we're asking God for the strength and the wisdom to do it. That's why we pray in that way. And so it's imperative on our part that we abide in Christ. Because when we abide in Christ, as it says in John fifteen seven, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. And you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's his promise. We must get into the habit of constantly realizing the atonement, centralizing it, everything in our life to that point. And again, to concentrate causes effort to begin with. Abide in me. Sunday morning with Dan Brown, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Fox Facts. This weekend is Super Bowl 58, but the National Football League's annual championship game wasn't always known as the Super Bowl. What we now call Super Bowl 1 in 1967 was actually named the AFL-NFL World Championship game. 
The Super Bowl moniker was first adopted for the 1969 game and officially recognized the following year. Despite some media reports to the contrary, legend has it that during league merger meetings in the mid-60s, Lamar Hunt, owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, first used the term Super Bowl to refer to the championship game. Hunt later said the name was likely in his head because his children had been playing with a Super Bowl toy. In a July 25, 1966 letter to then-NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle, Hunt wrote, quote, I have kiddingly called it the Super Bowl, which obviously can be improved upon. Matt Murphy, Fox News. Pro, pro. Sunday morning with Dan Brown, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Sunday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, thank you for tuning in this morning. We appreciate your questions and your comments that you send us through email. And if you're new listening to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown, we were on Saturday morning for uh, about eight years. And uh, I've been blessed to uh, uh, and was requested to uh, come to Sunday morning at 7, which is a little later in the, in the morning, which is nice as well. So it's all truly appreciated. And I just uh, want to thank you for your continued support. And if you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past, please contact me at Sunday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And should you want a free Bible, again, just send me your name and your address. There'll be no cost to you and I will mail it to you. The email is Sunday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And welcome to the second segment of today's Sunday morning program. The title of today's program is Pull Yourself Together. And uh, the scripture that we're kind of relying on that, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of look at it verse by verse, and section by section, I say, because it's really one particular verse, but is the verse in John fifteen seven in the Gospel of John, and it says, "If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done or given to you." And that's Jesus making a statement that is very very powerful. So he's giving you something to do with an end result. He's saying, abide in me. And why are we abiding in him? Because he is the source of atonement. The son of God, who the sacrificial lamb, who gave his life to ransom humanity. And that is an amazing thing. And and we get so lost sometimes that we forget about the atonement. Jesus, Jesus ends up getting placed on the shelves like most of our books um, as though this is just some great prophet that said these wonderful things, but that's kind of the end of it. And all the world around us, all the other different thoughts that people have constantly pushing at us to try to devour, uh, devalue uh, and devour. I almost mixed those two words together, thinking that thing, thinking that at the same time. But yeah, to devour, uh, but to devalue the words that we are sharing with people, the words of love, the words of hope, the words of grace, the words of compassion, and the value that Jesus has placed on each and every person. And I think that's important for us not to get lost, that um, our Savior is, is, is not a, a nice story that just gets put on a shelf and, co- and collects dust later. He is active, living in our lives when we choose to be. And God calls a lot of us, a lot of us. It says many are called, 
But in the end, few were chosen. But why are we chosen? What's the difference? Why aren't those other ones that are called chosen? Well, somewhere along the line, they make a choice to divert from the path. And that's hopefully what you and I will not do. We won't divert from the path. That does not mean there's not going to be bumps, right? Sharp turns, hills and steep valleys to go down. And it reminds me of a time I was, I was driving home late at night. A lot of things were going on, on in my life. And, um, I never noticed a sign before. And there were very things that were really hard and challenging to deal with, traumatic, life changing things. And, uh, I was praying as I was driving. It was a dark road. And as I, took this very, very sharp turn on this dark road. All of a sudden, this large triangle seemed larger than usual, and I never really noticed it before, and I'd driven this road a thousand times. And the sign said, rough road ahead. And how true that was, and how true it was to go ahead. But what made the road ahead bearable was that I was abiding in Christ. Though I faced challenges, though I faced tribulations, though I saw confusion and no clear path as my life was heading forward at that time, so disrupted had it become because of situations beyond my control, not decisions that I had any hand in making. Rough road ahead. Never seen that sign before. Glaring, crystal clear. As I drove by, I could not get the image out of my head. And I began to pray more and more. And so these scriptures where Jesus says, this this is where you belong, abiding in me. And so we, we really need to realize And be in the habit of listening to the words of Jesus. Not only that he has written down, but into those soft directions that he gives us as we go through life. And this is what I needed. Those were the things that I was hoping for. And he knows, and I think sometimes we forget this. Do we realize that Jesus knows more about our business than we do about ourselves? We forget that too. Oh, yeah, Jesus was from, uh, you know, 2,000 and some odd years ago. They had camels and goats and dirt floors. Listen, I will tell you, the mind of man has not changed. We may not ride on a mule. It might be a gas-powered vehicle. But at least, <laughs> at least the mule, the mule's exhaust and what they put back, uh, at least went back into the earth and was actually able to use for fertilizer. What we do when we're riding around is we choke ourselves out. We're attempting to make some change now. We're, we're attempting to placate our conscience that we've done some grievous things to this planet. But the most grievous things that we've done is to each other. And so if we abide in Christ, we will, con- we will make less and less and less mistakes. Do we take his word for our clothes, for our money, for our domestic work? Or do we think that we can manage those things for ourselves too? 
Now you're going, Dan, what do you mean? I, I, I'm, I'm going to pray about my clothes and my work? You may not pray about the actual clothes that you put on, but you might think in style that you wear, whether it's appropriate, whether it does this, whether it does that. Do you have the funds? Notice I said, can we manage our money, our money? What do we do with it? Do we waste it frivolously, the blessings that God gives us, or do we take what we need and we share with those that have nothing? That's the point. There is so much that we want to manage ourselves and we go and visit God on Sunday or Wednesday night. When the reality of abiding in Jesus is every second of every day of every moment, awake and asleep. By the habit of constantly requesting, as he said, ask what you will, right? You ask what you will. Really what this does for all of us is solve the mystery, right, of what we should pray for. If we're abiding in Jesus and we'll ask what he wants, ah, and when we ask what he wants us to ask, whether we're conscious of doing so or not, ye shall ask what she will. What's your will in it? The meaning of prayer is that we recognize we're in a relationship of a child to the father. Ooh, this is what we're coming to a realization of. This is the whole example of God using terms that we understand to take the most divine principles, the most infinite and eternal concepts, and bringing them to a point that we can realize because in creation he allowed us to be mothers and fathers of another individual to show us a nurturing relationship. And I pray that you are a nurturer, that you're a good caregiver, that you are a lover of your family and a lover of your children and a lover of your neighbor, as we know and we talk about many times. The meaning of prayer is that we recognize we're in the relationship of a child to his father. Remember what he says. Your father knoweth what you need. Right? Before you even ask. Your father knows what things that you need before you ask him. That's the God we serve. And once we realize that we can never think of anything our father will forget, worry becomes impossible. Abiding. Abiding. If you abide in me. This is so crucial. This one quick scripture that's been read millions and millions and millions of times. Digest it. Let it become part of your soul. And when it does, you will ask and pray in line with God's will for what your need is and for what other needs are. And once you again, you realize that we can never think of anything our Father will forget, worry becomes impossible. 
So beware of getting into a panic because panic is bad for the natural heart and it's destructive to the spiritual life. Let not your heart be troubled. It's a command. It is a command. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. In a world full of fake news, AI, and unverified information on social media, where can you get the latest, most accurate South Jersey news? WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Don't wait for the newspaper to come in the mail. The WPG Talk Radio app is updated around the clock from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Accurate, dependable, reliable. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. News. I'm Deborah Valentine. A GOP forerunner Donald Trump facing a Monday deadline to file an appeal to the Supreme Court in his federal election interference case. Fox's Marianne Rafferty. It's to ask the justices to block a federal appeals court ruling against his claim of presidential immunity from prosecution. The former president faces four felony charges of acting illegally to overturn his loss in 2020. Six people killed in a helicopter crash in San Bernardino, Cali, California Saturday. NTSB member Michael Graham says weather may be a factor. It was reported by witnesses that there was rain with some wintry mix. The NTSB is investigating a rare Super Bowl Sunday session for the U.S. Senate. Lawmakers taking up a procedural step related to a $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. America's listening to Fox News. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. We do have a coastal flood advisory in effect until 1 p.m. this afternoon and a coastal flood watch in effect from Tuesday morning through Tuesday afternoon. For today, cloudy with a high of 54. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 37. And then tomorrow, some sunshine giving way to clouds with a high of 51. I'm AccuWeather's Caitlin Lawrence on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back this fine Sunday morning. Thank you for tuning in. We know how important your time is, how valuable it is, but we truly appreciate you taking the time. Uh, to tune in again, a third segment of today already. And it's, uh, time does fly when you enjoy what you're doing. And I enjoy, uh, sharing the gospel and I enjoy your questions, your comments, your encouragements that you send me by email. Remember now that we've moved to Sunday morning at 7 a.m. here on WPG talk radio, our email is now Sunday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. If you make a mistake and still send it to Saturday morning by mistake, I still get those two. But the new email, along with the new time and day for our program, the new email is Sunday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And so third segment of the day with the program title of Pull Yourself Together. And I am just so enamored. Uh, I love everything about this scripture in the Gospel of John in chapter 15, verse 7. And Jesus makes such a simple statement, but it, it, it extends to everything that the gospel is about. 
um, in abiding in me, abide in me. And my words abide in you. So if you abide in Jesus, his words will be in you. And you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. That is a big, bold statement. But it encompasses so much of what we need within our walk of faith. And we can start to, you know, stumble off the path a bit here and there. Maybe we've been going so long, things just seem too easy or natural. Or the worst thing of all is we get comfortable. I know that's a hard word to talk about because most things that we strive for is to be comfortable in this life. And it's not that Jesus doesn't provide us with joy and comfort in everything we need. Remember, you know, in, in the Lord's Prayer, when we're talking about the, the food that we need, um, our daily needs, that's God's promise. Our daily needs that we need according to him, not according to us. What have we done to ourselves? I mean, just take the most simplistic thing about our eating habits. We've eaten so wrong for so long that our bodies don't even know what to be and what is real and what is good for us anymore. Sugar consumption, it's all to sell product. You know, am I saying that you should never have anything sweet? Oh, no. But what is the, what is the ramp? How rampant is obesity in our country? And just so many things that sugar has done to us, all these things that we have, uh, the companies, yeah, they put them on the shelf. But I will tell you this, you're the one that takes it off the shelf. So it's a choice. Diabetes. So often, is it a choice? For no, there's people that are born diabetic. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about things and diseases and things that happen to us that we don't have a choice in. At the moment, I'm only speculating and talking about things that we make a choice in to put into our body that we consciously did. And so as we abide in Christ and as we trust him, that's where it said, you know, back in the previous segment, we were talking about these needs of where we're making choices about our clothing and about our food and our work, where when we're abiding in Christ, he's going to make us realize what is good for us and what is not. We still have a choice in the matter. Always we have a choice. I'm not talking about people who in relationships who are pressed into abuse and things. That's not our choice. And so often uh, people who are in those kinds of relationships become emotionally wounded and, and mentally compromised at some point from the length of abuse when they have no way to escape. Those aren't the things that I'm talking about. And God will deal with those who do that to others. You can be guaranteed it. Everyone who is done will be repaid what they have done. Good for good, they reap what they sow. That's what the Bible says. But for now, we're talking about us abiding. And we're talking about this wonderful scripture in the Gospel of John that has brought us here today under the title of this program, Pull Yourself Together. And so, 
he tells us and he lets us know that panic is bad for us. We have to be very cautious not to get in panic because it's bad for us physically, not only emotionally, but physically for the body. People have heart attacks from being panicked and worried. So that physical emotion can have dramatic and horrible effects on you, deadly effects on you. And Jesus says it like that. You know, he says it can be destructive to the spiritual life by saying this to us. Let not your heart be troubled. And it is a command. And so I want to know, are we in the habit of constantly requesting and continually talking to Jesus about everything? Everything. There is nothing wrong that you can talk to Christ about. Nothing wrong that you can share about. Where we go in times of trial proves what the great underlying power of our lives is. And so when we face something, do we seek Jesus? When we experience something, trauma, everything that happens in our lives that wants to deter us off a path of righteousness, do we seek Jesus? We need to be in the habit of constantly recognizing, like the scripture says in the end, and it shall be done unto you. Are we recognizing when a gift is given to us by God, or do we shun it or turn away from it, or do we worse, abuse it? And so if we're abiding in Jesus and his words are abiding in us, then Jesus says God will answer our prayers. Again, I ask you, do we recognize that? But, oh, there's that tell-all word, right? Every time we're going to change the subject, every time we're faced with a choice, there's always, but, you say, Suppose I ask for something not according to God's will. But I tell you, I defy to you, if you were fulfilling the abiding in Jesus, will that really happen? Because the disciple who is in the condition, the person of faith, the Christian who is in the condition of abiding in Jesus is the will of God. And his apparent Free choices are God's foreordained decrees. Oh, there's where we can have that conflict again. I'm not really making a choice because God foreordained this decree. Stop thinking in that crooked direction. The direction is that God is so omniscient, so omnipotent, all-powerful, Remember, he created every molecule that makes you up, every cell, every microorganism, down to the atomic atom that holds your flesh together, God created. He knew what choice you would make. You still made the choice. Is that mysterious? I don't think so. Is it logically absurd? Many people say so. But to you and I, it is the most glorious truth that exists. And I want you to celebrate that today. 
Uh, hopefully you're going to a Bible-believing church today, and if you don't have the ability to go out and still concerned about uh, COVID and things like that, zoom in a great Bible-believing church. If you have some issues about attending something publicly or within groups of people, but don't stay by yourself. It's okay. He does call us together to fellowship. That's a good thing to do. And remember what he says. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, another scripture, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do. Are we performing this ministry of interior? What are we doing? Do we pray for the prominent places for the Pauls? There's no snare or danger of infatuation or pride or the show business in prayer. When you're praying, you are praying with compassion and grace for someone else, and you should. Ask on someone else's behalf who's sick or who's struggling. Prayer is a hidden Obscure ministry which brings forth fruit that glorifies the Father. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is a hidden, obscure ministry because it's singular, although we do have corporate prayer. But the majority of our prayer is when we're alone that we should be praying in that quiet place. Although you can pray anywhere. Prayer is a hidden, obscure ministry which brings forth fruit that glorifies the Father. Amen. I love it. You're listening to Saturday, Sunday morning. almost said it. You're listening to Sunday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Sunday morning with Dan Brown. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back this fine Sunday morning to the fourth and final segment of today's program. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed listening to our program so far uh, titled Pull Yourself Together. Uh, basically, and you know, discussing uh, a wonderful verse in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 15, verse 7. And in that little verse, one little verse, we've been talking, we'll be have been talking for almost an hour about one verse alone. So you can imagine um, that the program that we're doing here all the time is not to answer within one hour every question that you could possibly have. But hopefully it's driving a message of the gospel of love and compassion and grace of what Jesus did on the cross for humanity. And today's what we're trying to push towards today, what we're trying to whet your appetite for so that you continue in the thought and studying uh, either within a Bible believing church groups or, you know, study on your, on your own on the Bible. But do this before you open those pages. Pray that you're abiding in God. Pray for God's will to be done in your life because that is where it all starts. 
It starts by understanding what God wants to do for you. It starts by understanding that within each and every one of us, God has created a place upon our creation in each one of us that is only made for him to abide in. For the Holy Spirit to dwell, to connect us to our Father, to teach us, as Jesus said, I'm going to go with the Father, but the Comforter is coming who will teach you all things. Those are what we want to do here. This program should be the impetus for continuing to to read and pray endlessly. Pray for yourself. Pray for those around you. Pray for your officials, local, government, national, world. Pray for them all. What are we praying for? We're praying for God's will to be done. That's what we're praying for. And, and so often we, we go off center from what God is seeking us to do, which is for our benefit. Again, here's that scripture. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you want and it shall be given to you. That's the gospel of John chapter 15, verse 7. And as we look at that last part of that, and it shall be given to you or done unto you, depending on, you know, what translation you read. If you're abiding in Jesus and his words are abiding in us, then Jesus said, God will answer our prayers. And I pray that you recognize this, that you recognize and ask him continually. Please ask him continually to provide you with wisdom and strength to make the most wonderful and beneficial decisions for ourselves, God-honoring, and to help those all around us. And I love the, I love that prayer. Um, you know, I related it in the segment before the prayers are hidden, you know, kind of an obscure ministry because when we're praying our, ourselves and alone, it's not in view. And we're not doing it for the fact of getting pats on the back. We never should be praying so that it is, uh, you, you know, to try to elevate ourselves in some way. That's not what prayer is. If you do that, you seek your reward in the attention you receive from other men. That is not what you want. Ever. Severed from me, you can do nothing. It's another scripture. You will not bear my fruit. You will not bear something that did not come from him at all. But abide in me, he says, and you will bring forth fruit that testifies to the nature of the vine. Who is that vine? Mm. And fruit whereby the Father is glorified. And even Jesus says, I came to glorify God. I came to glorify my Father. And so the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, one who is abiding, the Bible says, availeth much. 
It means, it's very important. It will bring about change in God's timing. And are we constantly recognizing that God does answer prayer if we're abiding in Jesus? Do we understand that? Is that built on our faith? Are we building in faith on the presupposition of atonement and bringing everything to the one center? Everything that we are doing, saying, and being is coming to one central spot. Or are we allowing our lives to be just wasted away? Is Jesus Christ dominating, dominating every interest in our lives more and more and more? And that doesn't mean we're to be thinking about God always and giving all of our time to so-called religious work. But it does mean that we're to concentrate on the great fact of the atonement with the greatest amount of our time, even to the ordinary things in life, because they're engineered for us by God. That's the realization we need to come to. And those who were using the jargon abiding in Christ, if not really abiding, if they're using those words but they're not really abiding, let me tell you, they're annoying and they're an irritation. It's not about doing and it is about doing and not just saying the words. Because you remember what the Old Testament says about his people from before when they were stubborn and stiff-necked. It says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's not what we want to be. That's not who we want to become. And if that's what you're in danger of, abide in Christ. Pray. Make the atonement the center of your being, of everything that you are. Think about this. If we make the atonement of the Lord the greatest influence in our life, let's add it to exerting influence, not just influence, you know, it's affecting us, but exerting, it's putting, moving and working. If we do that, every phase of our life will bear fruit for God. Every, every phase. Please take time to get to know whether the atonement is the central point of all power for you in your life. And remember that Satan's aim is to keep you away from that point of power. Because when you hold up your light, darkness flees. When you stand up in righteousness, Wickedness cowers. It may seem that wickedness gets these victories. And sometimes it does feel like that. And sometimes we can feel broken and hurt where it seems that wickedness and evil has won some victory. But I guarantee you, it's only the appearance of it. It really, really is. Jesus said that the cares of this world and the lust of other things would choke 
his word. And he's right. We can choke God's word with a yawn in the middle of a wonderful prayer or a wonderful praise to him. Oh, is it boring us? Are we tired? We can hinder the time that we spend with God by remembering we have other things to do. How many times have you used the excuse, I haven't any time, I don't have enough time? Of course you have time. It's your choice. You choose. Take time and strangle other interests. Make time to realize that the center of the power in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ and his atonement. I will tell you, the Apostle Paul limited his knowledge to one thing. He's what he said. I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And for you and I, we have to learn to concentrate all of our feelings, all of our thoughts. We need to determine to limit those that are not part of our walk in faith. Put them in their appropriate place. I thank you for listening to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio. It has been my pleasure to share the gospel with you today. But before I go, I'd like to ask you to please consider a very, very important thing. Please support the Atlantic City Rescue Mission in the work that we do in caring for the homeless and the indigent, providing shelter, food, programs, and counseling here in southern New Jersey for 60 years. 2024, the mission will have been caring and doing this work for 60 years. Please go on to acrescuemission.org, go to the donate page, and give from a generous spot in your heart. I pray that you do so. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.